You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy Eman. What is up, everybody? This is your boy Eman coming at you with episode 104, Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast. Back at it. I know uh, it's actually been a month since the last time I posted a podcast. You know, I've been a little bit uh, out of the picture here, man. I'm still staying super busy in uh, Twitter, but I've been a little occupied. Life gets in the way every once in a while, but it's all right. It's all right because I'm coming up with a banger today. Episode 104. Definitely coming up with a full preview and reaction and give you my predictions of the NBA East and West standings and what is a playoff picture is going to look like. Um, there's a left in the season. I think we're playing 72 games in a very compacted season. I'm going to give you my, uh, my takes here and my analysis of what's remaining, what do we expect in both the Eastern and Western Conference, and what are the standings going to look like? Because, look, I know right now there's some teams that are hot, there's some teams that are struggling, injuries have, you know, hit a couple of teams, but uh, you're going to be surprised. I don't think there's, there's some teams right now that are fake news and pretenders. That will not end where they're at right now. But anyway, let's get popping real quick here. Let's let's do this. Let's get busy. Your boy E-Man's about to set it off, bringing you the heat. And let's start with the Eastern Conference Final. Let's go, man. Right now, the Brooklyn Nets have, yes, they're actually clinched the, the second team actually to, to clinch a playoff spot. The first one was Utah in the Western Conference, also number one. So is the Nets. The Nets right now are one and a half games over Philly, over the 76ers, which that's going to be a dogfight to the end. No doubt about it. Nets right now are top of the East. The scary part is that the big three, James Harden, Kyrie Irvin, and Kevin Durant, have only played seven games together. And right now, they have the second best record, actually third best record, I'm sorry, in the NBA and are sitting on top of the Eastern Conference by one and a half games. Three and a half over Milwaukee, who's number three, and eight games over the resurging Knicks, who are at number four right now tied with Atlanta. There's no doubt about the offensive ability of the Brooklyn Nets. We know that. And... I think they, they their offense is going to carry on to the regular season, and they're going to finish the season at, at top of number one. That's no secret, you know, unless something catastrophically happened. The question for the Nets is definitely their toughness, their interior defense. Defense overall is what they're going to lack when they get to the playoffs. But I don't think nobody's going to stop them. Philly held that spot decent for a few while, for a little while. They they did, you know, I know the injuries hurt them with Embiid, and they did all right, but I think the Nets are clicking now and all cylinders offensively. They're just going to outscore everybody. All right. And I think they're going to play good enough to, to get there. The 76ers are number two right now. And I think that's where they're going to remain. Um, Joel Embiid is having an MVP season. No doubt about it. Playing his best basketball of his career. The catalyst here and I guess the weakness as good of a defender as, as Ben Simmons is. Man, this guy has not put in the work. And is going to hurt this team in the playoffs. And honestly, if Ben Simmons would be averaging about three more points per game and actually hitting some outside shot, it'll be a complete different dimension for this team. And they'll probably be on top of the East. But um, the lack of offense and outside shooting the Sixers have, you know, it's going to keep. I think they're definitely, to me, even though Milwaukee's been hot, I think the Sixers are going to finish at number two. Uh, NB is going to win the MVP. Between him and Jokic. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I still say Steph Curry because he's putting on an amazing, amazing season. 
The Bucks are number three again in the Eastern Conference Final. Where they took, I'm sorry, the Eastern Conference. We are a, um, we are. I'm reacting and giving you my predictions for the remainder of the season. What when you know uh, where the each team is going to uh, finish, and the Bucks are definitely going to fit. I think they're going to finish in the top three. Um, Milwaukee's playing pretty solid. Uh, they're three and a half games from the Nets, two games behind in the win column uh, from Philly from the 76ers, so they'll finish top three. Strong possibility, outside shot. I, I think they could take over that number two, but I, I still think the Philadelphia 76ers are going to pull that one off. The most surprising teams, not team, teams of the season right now at four and number five, because the Knicks hold a tiebreaker, are the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. If you would have told me this is the beginning of the season, that the Knicks were going to go on a nine-game winning streak, and this is your boy's team right here, this, I'm a Knicks fan, I would have told you, you're freaking stupid. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I thought the Thibodeau signing, Tom Thibodeau, Tibbs, uh, was, wasn't was going to be what the Knicks needed because of the last uh, dumpster fire of uh, Minnesota. Where all the, we couldn't control these players, right? I know he had a lot of big egos with Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Wiggins and, and Jimmy Butler, who has the biggest ego, and, you know, he sees, he's a handful. And that went south quick. I know he had great success with the young team and the Bulls, but he has definitely brought the culture back and the identity of defensive, of the defensive identity to the Knicks. Wow, the Knicks won nine, nine straight. Last time I saw this was in the 90s when the Knicks were actually relevant, when I was a teenager, rooting for my Patrick Ewan Knicks along with Oakley and Starks. And, you know, even when Allen Houston had a, did his time there, it's good to see the Knicks uh, play again. And, and you know what? I think Tom, Tom Thibodeau deserves to be in the coach of the year. Julius Randle has to be the most improved, improved player and has to get some mentions for uh, All-NBA first team. Now, the Hawks are even more surprising than the Knicks because they started so bad. And under Nate McMillan, these guys are 19-9. and nine. All right, the Fire Lord Pierce, Nick, Nate McMillan took over, who has a great history. He has a good reputation as a coach with Indiana. And uh, I forget what other team he coached. He has his team playing 19-9. and nine. I know they got a little bit of an injury there with um, uh, Ice Trey, the haircut, Trey Young. But I'm shocked that these two teams are have 34 wins and, you know, they're four and five respectively. I don't think the Knicks and the Hawks are going to finish at four and five. Celtics are number six and as good as they've been playing. I don't think the Knicks are going to finish uh, at four or the, or, or the Atlanta Hawks at five. Boston is the number six, the most talented team probably in the, in the Eastern Conference Final. And I think Boston is going to heat up enough in these last 10 games and probably probably take over. They're only two games behind the Knicks and the and the Hawks. And honestly, I, I think they're going to end up they're going to end up probably fourth or five. The Knicks might drop to five, and I think the Atlanta Hawks are going to drop to six, and Boston is going to finish at that fourth seed. It is what it is. They're the more they're the more talented team. Um, the Knicks, you know, RJ Barrett has been playing has progressed so much in the second season, has not regressed, have actually done better, unlike Tyler Hero from the Heat, who's actually regressed after having a solid uh, rookie season. We had a better rookie season than Mr. Uh, R.J. Barrett, but R.J. Barrett is showing that the, the you know, the, the the cream rises to the top, and that's what R.J. Barrett is. He is playing outstanding, uh, and it's good to see. The Knicks are playing good defense. I mean, Derrick Rose is coming in strong off the bench now. IQ as a rookie, Obi Toppin. I mean, Bullock, Reggie Bullock is hitting some clutch shots in the fourth quarter. The outside shot is there, but the defense is the identity the Knicks always live by, and they have returned to that particular identity, which is great. Hawks, again, shot. 
Bogdanovich or Bogdan, I forget the guy's name. It's one of those image has been a great addition, has played great while Trey Young has been out scoring the basketball, which we all knew he did in, in uh, Sacramento, but he's getting more playing time now and is paying off. Collins has had a, actually a, a, not a great season or like last year, uh, but not a complete dumpster fire and has been doing great. And I mean, uh, Herder uh, off the bench, uh, they got a lot of good young pieces, you know, um, uh, Hachimura, or I forget his name, man, Rui, I forget his name, but um, I think they're going to finish five. I think they're going to finish six. I think Boston is going to take that fourth spot. Boston's going to get hot. And I think this team's going to struggle. I think both teams are going to kind of even fight. I don't think they're going to do this, you know, nine out of 10 wins and seven out of 10 wins like, uh, like Atlanta has had. So I think the Celtics are taking that fourth spot, maybe the fifth. The Knicks are going to flop positions four and five. Uh, but I think Atlanta's going to finish at six. They're not going to remain at five. And Knicks or Boston can finish at four, respectively, or five. Now, to the play-in round here. And y'all know that there's a play-in tournament now that involves four teams in each of the conference. That's going to, that, that's, that is made of the seven to 10 seeds and the standings. So the way that this works, which they tried this out in the bubble last year and they want to keep it this year. I don't know how much I, how I feel about this. I think it does bring some excitement because it gives more of a, it engages the audience more and the fan. You have more, you got people fighting for the seven and eight seed here, which is new. Kind of discourage you to win a lot during the regular season, but also makes you play hot at the end of the season because you want to avoid that playing tournament. So the playing tournament, teams between seven to the 10th seed play each other. So here are how it goes. The seven and eight seed will play one game and the winner will secure the seventh spot. The loser of the 7 and 8 seed, it's going to play the winner of the 9th and 10th seed, okay, which is one game as well. And then the winner of, and then both teams, the winner of the 7 and 8th and the 9th and 10th, are going to have to play the best out of three. And the team has to win three, two games in order to advance and secure the 8th seed. So, with that being said... Right now, the Heat are, are sitting at seven. The Hornets are sitting at eight. Nine, the Pacers and the Washington Wizards, who have gone, who's won. They're playing tonight, by the way, against the Lakers. And this is, I guess, I'm, this, I'm, I'm recording this on April 28th, on Wednesday. But last night they won, and uh, they actually they lost, actually, but they've won eight out of ten, putting them in that tenth seed, one game over Chicago. This is what I'm looking at right now. The Heat have played so inconsistent this year. They've gone on five, six game winning streaks, and then they lost five and six also. Very inconsistent. I know there's been a lot of injuries, and Jimmy is starting to become Jimmy again. I mean, the guy gave the guy such an ultimate competitor, and he's going to get this team. This team is going to respond to him. There's no doubt about it. I think they're going to get hot in the right time. But with 10 games remaining, them and Boston are tied at 32 and 10, but Boston has the tie winner, tiebreaker, I'm sorry. The Heat can make it into the sixth seed, but I think outside with their inconsistency, based as of now, and 10 games is a lot to predict what I'm doing right now, but that's how I do, man. I like I like to take risk, and, you know, I'm an orthodox, this is my podcast. I think the Heat are going to secure the seventh seed. They will beat the Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, who are without La LaMelo Ball, and they're a nice story. Uh, I think the Pacers are going to probably play. I think the Wizards can play like this. Uh, I think Toronto might sneak in that tenth seed. I mean, the tenth seed is up for grabs. They're only a game separating the Wizards, Chicago, and Toronto. So 
honestly, I think the tenth. I think Indiana is going to secure that that ninth seed. And whoever Indiana plays with, I think Indiana is getting. Indiana is definitely going to beat whoever they play on the uh, as a tenth rank by the time the season's over, which is going to be any. It's a it's a crapshoot. It's a hit or miss. It's going to be either the Wizards, Chicago, or Toronto, and Indiana is going to beat them. And then Indiana is going to play the Charlotte Hornets, and Indiana, I believe, is going to secure the eighth seed. Miami's going to secure that seventh seed because they'll play the one game against the Hornets and they will win. And the Hornets are going to play the winner of the ninth, which is going to be Indiana's going to stay ninth, ninth or ninth or even if Indiana goes to eighth, I think the Heat is still going to beat them in the one game playoffs. And honestly. I think the way it's going to stand is Miami, but Miami Heat are going to stay at number seven, and the Indiana Pacers are going to get that eighth uh, spot. It is what it is. That's for sure. That's what it is. With, with this crazy playoff, you know, new uh, play-in tournament uh, makeup here and scenario that's up there now. Here we go. Quick recap. Ready? Here's my standings at the end of the season in the Eastern Conference. In the Eastern Conference, the Nets will be number one. Philly is going to finish in number two. Or swap with the Bucks at number three. So one of those two is going to finish number number one, number two or three. But it's going to, they're going to be all three of them are going to be in the top three. I think the Knicks are going to finish five, and the Celtics are going to have the fourth seed. Atlanta Hawks are going to finish six. Outside shot again of Miami. I think Miami is going to secure the seventh seed after playing the eighth seed in the play-in tournament, and Indiana is going to secure the eighth seed after they also secure their spot and win during the play-in tournament when they play, you know, when they face the. Uh, uh, their tournaments in the first round, so in the play-in round. So here we go, folks. That's my predictions of how this is going to end, how the playoff picture is going to look. Let's move on to the Western Conference. A little tougher. A little tougher. There's a lot of ifs here. There's also a lot of fake news team in the Western Conference right now. They have amazing records that I think it's all fake news and it's just fluff. But anyways, let's get this popping. The Utah Jazz, number one right now. Look, it's been a great story for a, a historic team who brings it every year. No doubt about it. But they're fake news. They're a fake news, number one, regardless of clinching that the first team to clinch a playoff spot. We know they're going to make the playoff. But honestly, I don't think they have enough. Uh, I think they've taken advantage of the fact that the Lakers have been hurt. Uh, they've missed Anthony Davis with the Lakers and LeBron James, which has given them an opportunity to play. This is a tricky one because from one to four, what separates them is four games. Denver, the injury bug, which Jamal Murray has hit him, we're sitting on number four, have a very good chance of pulling up because Joker just having an amazing season and every bells around him with MPJ are, are playing strong. But I'm going to keep the Jazz at number one, okay? And I'm going to say this very loosely. I'm going to keep them at number one, but I think the Clippers are going to finish the season strong. They won eight out of the last ten, and I think they're going to overtake that number one spot. Outside shot that Utah will finish number one, but I strongly feel the Clippers are going to finish at one. So you know what? Nah, I'm just going to guarantee it. Clippers are going to finish one in the Western Conference, regardless of the load management. They are the better team. They have the most talented. And I think they're going to be clicking on all cylinders, regardless of losing Montrezl Harrell and all that good stuff. But I think they really got a good pickup with Ray John Rondo, who's going to give them some valuable minutes in the stretch run. So Utah will move to number two. I think Utah's going to finish number two. The Phoenix Suns might finish. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to wake up in reality here. And I think the Denver Nuggets will overtake the Clippers to take the third spot. And Phoenix will finish at four. And I'm going to say four with an asterisk right now. The Lakers are sitting at number five. And that's the big elephant in the room, right? I know for a fact. I know for a fact that the Lakers are not going to rush LeBron James back. We all know that. LeBron likes to go to Twitter and say, I'm dying to play basketball, man. I want to hoop. 
oh, for real, y'all, let's do this. You know, I miss it. But, but, but shut up, LeBron, right? You know, because the Lakers, I don't care what LeBron says. That team is not going to risk a 36-year-old best player in the NBA to probably re-injure himself and then not have a chance to make it to the playoff. I mean, not to win in the playoffs. So with 10 games left, don't be surprised at LeBron, who is expected, who is expected to be here in the next couple of weeks, which that's probably two weeks means probably five games would leave five games for the regular season left. So I think the Lakers, when LeBron gets back, Anthony Davis has been back for what, three or four games now and is shaking off the rust. I think they're going to they're gonna hold strong at number five, in the, in the five seed. I don't think they're going to move up or down. Uh, and they're going to stay at five. LeBron's going to come back, and then LeBron, then LeBron's going to have some restricted, some restrictions. He's not going to play a lot of minutes at the beginning, and I think he's going to get five more games out of these 10 games that are left for the season. So I, I know I'm getting out of order, but I got to guarantee that five spot. Going back, Clippers are going to take number one, and I think Denver Nuggets are going to finish probably three and Utah number two. I mean, it is what it is. I think the Phoenix Suns are soft and they're freaking fake news, man. They are they are just fluff. They're having a great season. But I think the Denver Nuggets are tougher. And even though they're only like three games behind the Utah, I mean the the Phoenix Sun, it's gonna it's gonna get dicey in the last ten games. Denver's been playing great, even without Jamal Murray. I mean, like I said, Michael Porter Jr. has has I mean has done a great job second season. We all knew the kid of talent. His biggest question mark was the health, and a lot of the other players have stepped up. And Jamal Murray's absent there, and they they're a great coach team. The number no guitar. The Dallas Mavericks are number six. Dallas last night spanked the crap out of uh, out of Golden State. It was a shellacking. We know Luca is the new goat, the next up, but they've been playing so inconsistent. And you know what, Persingas, Persingas. Is the key because you know Luca will need the help. Luca will need the help. There's really nobody else in that team but Porzingis and Lucas, and, and Porzingis is not you know he's he's been so soft and injured that you know he's not dependable. But at number six, I think the Dallas Mavericks will hold the number six seed strong. They will. There's no doubt about it. They will, and they will remain there. I don't think they're gonna move up. I don't think they're gonna overtake the Lakers for the number fifth seed. Again, LeBron will probably play five games in the regular season. Five games are alive. So um, they'll hold strong. I think they're going to outplay and uh, outscrap Portland, who's at number seven right now. Number eight is the Memphis Grizzly. San Antonio, number nine. And the Golden State Warriors, number 10. So let's talk about the play-in tournament for the Western Conference from seven to the 10th seed. The Trailblazers never count big game Dame out. Dame time will, will show his face what it needs to, like it did in the bubble last year, like it's done pretty good, pretty much a season. I think when they face, it's going to swap between the Grizzlies and San Antonio. So that one is hard for me to tell because the Grizzlies have played pretty, have been pretty inconsistent. And John Moran, to me, has not had a good of a season as he did his rookie season last year. With that being said, I think San Antonio and the the Memphis Grizzlies are actually going to, you know, they will, they will, they will swap spots. And Golden State, too. But the way this is going to be is Portland's going to stay strong at seven. And whoever they play in the eighth, they're going to win their one playoff game and lock in the seventh seed. Whoever the eighth and the ninth and the tenth seed are, because I think the Golden State Warriors can move up and down. I don't think the Golden State Warriors are going to get to the seventh seed. They've been playing some decent basketball, except for last night. Steph Curry's having an MVP season. I don't care what you call it. The numbers are insane, especially in April. Won seven out of the last 10. But 
the West is tough, man, because even right behind them, you got New Orleans who can, you know, who can actually get hot with the last 10 games remaining. But with that being said, I think the Golden State Warriors are going to win their play-in tournament and secure the AC. It is what it is, man. Golden State is going to claim the AC. Let's recap the Western Conference from the top. Clippers are going to sneak that up and take it and take number one seed. The Jazz at number two. Denver, Denver Nuggets at number three. I think the Phoenix Suns are going to drop to four. Lakers will remain strong at five. Dallas will remain strong at seven, uh, six, I'm sorry. Portland at seven, and the Golden State Warriors at eight. There you go. These are my regular season standings predictions for y'all. You know, I bring, I, I bring the heat quick, man. I, I wanted to throw in some basketball. I was really analyzing this stuff, man, and looking at it, and I've been watching a lot of basketball. Uh, the NFL draft is tomorrow, man. I'm hoping to probably do a couple of reaction episodes on, uh, on the picks. NBA playoffs are going to probably are exactly a month away from now. I'm really, 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 really excited. There's a lot of storylines here. I want. I'm really excited to see Golden State sneaking in there and being some real difficult matchups and out for the number one, number two seed, depending on where they land. And the Mavericks also be a tough out to whoever they got to play at number three and number six. In the East, shit, it's a it's a free for all. But again, in the East, dark horse is Miami. If they get healthy at the right time, which they're scoring a little bit less, but their defense is not as good. Miami can do a bubble run and make some noise. The Nets, best team in the East, followed by Philly. I think the Bucs are going to do what the Bucs do and not get past the Western Conference Final or before that, or get or get knocked out before on the second round. But the Nets are the team to beat in the East, and I think the Clippers are the team to beat in the West. It is what it is. I want to close out the show with my, I guess, me sponsoring and my pick and my my choice for NBA MVP. I'm only going to talk about one guy because this individual right now is playing with probably the least support out of any of the top MVP candidates. And he should get the MVP, regardless of the narrative of the award historically, you know, your team has to win. You got to make the playoffs. You got to make a run in the finals, make a run, whether you don't make the finals, but you know, you make a run into the playoffs or the record of the team influences a lot. That's great. But come on, man. The year Steph Curry has had offensively, the numbers he's putting are historical. It's probably one of his best seasons right up there with probably the best season statistically that he's had. And the fact that he's not even being mentioned in the MVP race, as a serious candidate is, is plain disrespectful. This guy last year when he did not play, and mind you, Clay wasn't there either, and neither is this year. The team won like, you know, they were not even nowhere near close to the playoffs. Right now they're in the 10th spot, won seven out of 10. They're playing tough. And it's all because Steph Curry is carrying this, it's, 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 it's carrying this squad. I mean, it's not even funny how this kid's shoulder has to be hurting him. His back has to be killing him because He's all the offense the Golden State Warriors have. Look, Oubre has, has been disappointing. So has Wiggins. They play well, but not to the point where they should be. You take Steph Curry out of the equation and the team is a dumpster fire. Let me just tell you some of the months he's got, Steph has had. The month of April has been his best month by far. He's averaging 35. He's averaging a total of 37.3 points per game. Went on a streak of back-to-back 40 games, a 49.47, 
had a 53-point game. I mean, the guy had five games over five games that he scored over 40 points. You know, insane. He went, uh, he's, he's, hasn't scored less than 30 points. All right. Since, since the 17th, he's gone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 games straight before that's, that, that streak was broken on the 21st. Insane. Averaging 37 points a game in the month of April. What's even more mind boggling, he's shooting 47% from three. Okay. Come on. It's just plain ridiculous. 52% from the field. Just ridiculous. Come on, give this kid his props. All right, in March, he was hurt for a little bit. Probably his worst month, averaged 26 points a game. But in February, averaged 32 points per game. All right, in January, averaged 28 points per game for the month. December, averaged 26. As the time went on and he got healthy, because remember, he was out for a full season pretty much last year. He has been on a different planet. Right now, he's only a few percentages points away from from the league leading, all right, just a little bit from, uh, what's my boy's name, from Bradley Beal. He's averaging, uh, right now, Steph is averaging 31.2 points per game. And if the most valuable player award is the most valuable player, that means the most to his team, Steph Curry right now is the reason why they have 31, 30, 31 wins. Steph was not playing this year, that team would probably have 15 wins. It is what it is. Steph deserves to be in the conversation of the MVP. And Steph should be close runner or the MVP of the season. Because I think he's going to light it up in the last 10 games. He's a competitive freak. He's going to be there trying to get his team into the playoffs. And you're going to see some insane games in these last 10 games that are left in the regular season. Let's put some respect on Steph Curry's name. He has been the best, the most prolific scorer this year over Bradley Beal and everybody else. And, you know, Joker's had a great year. And so is Embiid and the Greek Freak and Bradley Beal and, you know, Harden. But listen, Steph has no support. This kid's back has to be killing him from carrying a bunch of bums right now to the playoffs. Let's put some respect on Steph Curry's name. And he is, rightly so, has the right to be considered the MVP race. But also, in my book, he's the MVP of this year, of, of the season, if the season ended today. It is what it is. Your boy even said it. Wow. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I appreciate the love, even though I'm not posting, you know, publishing as, as usual. I mean, I appreciate I'm still getting a lot of feedback. Download. You know, I'm always very active on Twitter. Check out the links and the description and check out all the uh, my link tree and where you could actually check out my podcast or the platforms that is available. Check out my social media, my TikTok page, also my Twitter page and everything else where you could catch some of the some of the content I, I, I work hard to give you. Appreciate the love. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening. Your boy E-Man signing out. Peace. Oh.